to all my heavy hitters and lockdown defenders. Welcome back to Sports Talk with Coach and Kirk, episode 33, the Scotty Pippen episode. What's happening? What's going on? Welcome to the sport po- Sports Podcast to give you the news you can use, the news and views you can use. Welcome to the spot. Welcome to the spot. We got a jam-packed show for you today, boy. I'm telling you, it's going to be a good one. Definitely going to be a good one. Coach Kurt out there with the lovely uh, office background and the ficus in the background. You know, he's doing big things out here. He done moved up in the world. You know, he's corporate now. He's corporate now. What's going on out there, brother? I think you might be muted. Yeah, you know, I just had to make sure my acoustics in my new office. Oh, okay, were, that's what it was. Okay, were correct. You know okay. what I mean? Was my was was making sure that it was no reverb and it was no bounce back. Oh, you I know, as you. I moved, I, I moved you. up. Indeed. I moved up. You know, as I've seen my credit score increase ten points, so I'm feeling I'm feeling good about today. I'm feeling good about the uh, the uh, Scotty Pippen episode without the pettiness. Yes, and yes. Uh, you know, we we ready to go. We ready to go. All right, got Gold Glover back in the building. He's back again this week. He's back in the building. He in the chat, uh, chirping early. What's going on out there, brother? All right, man, let's do it, man. We got a lot of things to talk about today. I'm telling you here, man. We got uh, some NBA news, uh, some interesting topics to do NBA-wise. We got a lot of NFL news, and we got a nice segment to wrap up the segment of the podcast with, with uh, Hit or Miss. I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be a good one. So, yeah, let's talk about NBA, man. Uh, I'm going to let you headline this particular topic. It was definitely your baby you brought to the table this week. Um, I'm definitely interested to talk about it. Um, it's something that I am interested in. So, uh, break it down for us. So, if people um, are not aware, there is a new um, alternative. I'm not going to say lead, but a new alternative for young athletes, which is the um, – High school basketball players now can become a part of Overtime Elite, mm-hmm. which is a new league backed by the sports media company, Overtime. And what's key and interesting about this new league is that it's promising high school athletes at least $100,000 annually to join their league. Now, that does not mean they're taking any and every athlete um, being that this is a uh, profit-based situation, mm-hmm. um, you we, we have to understand, and when I say we, I'm meaning the young athletes out there, uh, they are looking for the best of the best, the cream of the crop, right. okay? So it's not just, hey, picking anybody. They are looking for your top 30, top 50 uh, athletes to come and join them. Okay. And so right now, they wanted to get to at, they wanted to get to 24. Uh, this kicked off back in March. Um, they wanted to get to 24 athletes, which they're going to pay $100,000 um, to come play in their league. And this team will play, uh, you know, other high school teams. They will play the best of the best, the high of the highs, the the academies, the private schools, anything like that. They will play against them. Um, and they will get health and disability insurance. So, uh, they are going to make a thousand, a hundred thousand. And here's the thing. If they decide that, um, they want to actually at the end of their quote unquote high school career, they want to go to college. Then that money will be transitioned into a hundred thousand dollars of college scholarship money. Uh, if the players don't go pro. So okay. if they don't go pro, 
uh, quote unquote, their senior, um, what would be going to their senior freshman year of uh, college, if they are not able to go pro, then now they will give them $100,000 on top of the money that they made. They have $100,000 set aside for college scholarship money if the players uh, don't go pro. The young, they will take as young as 16. Okay. Uh, they will have a signing bonus. And here's the other thing. When we're thinking about generational wealth, they will get a share of overtime's larger business. So not only will they get paid $100,000, mm-hmm. not only are they going to have $100,000 set aside, um, $100,000 set aside to uh, go to college if they don't go pro, they also will get shares in the business. Uh, I think it's kind of cool because it's like, hey, if we are, I hate to say using, but if, hey, as you as an athlete, the asset, if we are getting you to make us look good, to go out here on the road and play what we want to do, and I'm saying we, meaning the business is saying, hey, we're going to give you stock, we're going to give you dividends, we're going to give you interest into our business, and you're going to get shares. Um, And so right now, uh, they are up to 24 of the athletes um, are they getting up to 24 so they can play. And those teams will be broken down into, they will be broken down into three, eight player leagues. I mean, teams. So those three teams will be split into eight players. Mm-hmm. And with that, they will play themselves, but they will also play the elite of the elite and go out um, during the week. Now, when I was looking at this and researching this, the thing that was interesting to me about this was these players are bypassing college now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, mm-hmm. and so that means that these top players are not going to go to the NBA. I mean, not to the NBA, not to college. Right. You know, they are going straight into overtime elite, going to play for overtime elite. And then from overtime elite, they're going to p- go pro. So they're doing everything to prepare for becoming pro. Okay. And that's everything. This isn't a prep school. It's not AAU. This is a dedicated program with uh, educational resources to focus on doing training, education, playing to prepare these players to get pro training pro execution pro um educational ed- educational resources to go straight from what it would be their high school depending on that they will play that one extra year which would be their freshman year of college and then they will go into uh you know be eligible to go to nba so they just signed another kid they have um oh uh Here's some of the kids that they have. They have Tyler Smith. He's a number 16 player to join. He's a five-star prospect out of Texas. Uh, They also have Bryce Griggs, a 6'2 player out of Texas. Um, They have Jason Gortman. He is a 6'1 point guard out of South Carolina. They have Azan Almanza, a 6'9 point uh, power forward out of Spain. They have Tudor, and I'm not even going to work on his name, Uh, 6'2 out of Romania point guard, Francis Lopez, 6'5 shooting guard out of the Philippines, Jalen Lewis, a 6'10 power forward center out of California, Nathan Missa Dio, he's out of Belgium, a 6'6 power forward, 
Alexandre Saar out of France, 6'10", power forward. Jay Smith, who was just signed, he's a 6'8", power forward out of New York. Emmanuel Maldonado, he's a 6'3", point guard out of Puerto Rico. Jean Montero, a 6'2", point guard out of the Dominican Republic. Amin Thompson, 6'6", shooting guard, point guard out of Florida. Azura Thompson, a 6'6", shooting guard out of Florida. Matt Beauty, a 6'9", power forward out of Florida. Matt Beauty, a 6'9", power forward out of Florida. Ryan Bewley, a 6'9", power forward out of Florida. And that is the roster right now. Okay. So, you know, if you got the number two player in the country. You got the number 16 player in the country. You got the number five player in the country. Then you have a you have a number of international prospects. Mm-hmm. And these players are going to be playing, you know, some high-level talent. And yeah. it's all to showcase them, prepare them for the NBA, and do everything in their power, everything in overtime elite's power to train these 16, 17-year-olds for the pros that is that is what they're saying you're going to get pro training you're going to get pro facilities you're going to get pro um you know food and nutrition education and that's all it is basically your focus is basketball right and so this could be you know again there still will be players that colleges will be able to uh recruit and sign Mm -hmm. but the crazy thing is when you're talking about your top 10, top 15, top 20, those young men now have options. One of the head coaches is Kevin Ollie. If anybody remembers him, I do. Uh, I do. UConn. Yeah. UConn went to mm-hmm. the NBA for a little bit and Ryan. Um, so Matt Bewley and head coach will be Kevin Ollie. Um, you know, this is no, I, I have to say this, this is no small time production. They've raised $80 million and it's going to be based out of Atlanta. Okay. It's their base of operation. So what I'm saying is um, this is not a hodgepodge not thrown together. Yeah, it's not an upstart. It, you know it, what I'm saying? They yeah, got serious funding behind them. Now, of course, we do know this is going to be major in um, um, awareness. This is going to get TV. This is going to get all kind of things. But they're mm-hmm. leveraging themselves to take advantage because at the end of the day, you're going to have the top high school players on your roster and international players going out and play. And I think for the first two years, everybody's going to be looking some good, some bad. I think some people are going to be looking to see if they fail. And some people are going to be looking, especially as younger kids, you're thinking 13, 14, Hey, what do I have to do to position myself to have an option? It is a, um, you do have to apply. There is an interview and so they will be watching. But again, now kids have options. They right. don't have to go to college. Right. You know, what used to be, okay, I have to go, you know, if you look at a, a Lamar ball, um, you know, I got to go overseas to play. I have to do that and not go to college. But now you don't have to do that anymore. You can say right in the United States, the comfort of home mm-hmm. and play right at home. And then, you know, you're going to be playing some of the top other kids in high school and some of the, um, you know, the prep academies and things like that. So I just wanted to bring that up because that's major, especially when you're looking at the pipeline into the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if the rule stays the same, you know, the kids will probably stay that third year. But if the rule doesn't, these kids will be eligible for 
the NBA what would be their senior year, basically. It's no more that one one and done rule. Gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, my biggest takeaway is that it's an avenue for kids, like you said, that they don't want to go to college. I mean, ultimately know in their heart of hearts they really want to be pro players. And yep. they really want to be those people that, um, you know, groom themselves to be professional athletes. You know, and then the college, you know, I mean, I'm not knocking it, but the college life in certain regards can be uh, a little bit, um, I guess you can say it can hold you back a little bit. Let me say it that way. Uh, in regards to your development, you know, and, and cause, because you don't really matriculate that far above um, in your growth when it comes to going from high school to college. Like you play this, practically the same amount of games. You play against better talent, yes, but you play in practically the same games. I'm thinking that if you can holistically train yourself, you know, day in and day out, eight hours a day, you know, working on your craft and working on your game to get you ready for the NBA, that'll be better for you if you know you're one and done. You know, and I feel like these particular organizations is really for one and done. They're not for, you know, two or three year, you know, college players that hope they make the NBA, you know, after they're done, they get some exposure in the league. But right. you know, I think that, you know, it's definitely an avenue where you can stay home. You don't have to go abroad, you know, like, like Melo did and uh, get get some exposure over here. And I think that the risk really is key in this situation is that, you know, unlike the G League, you know, if they can get themselves uh, noticed and invite the proper people and get the right people in the room, the right scouts in the room, you know, hopefully Kevin Holly and those guys can facilitate that. You get them in the right, you get them in the room with these guys and see them play, you know, against, you know, elite talent, you know, you can open some eyes and get these guys drafted, you know? So that's the biggest, thing, you know, thing that I can see that's a plus sign. You know, I think there's, there's not no, nothing negative about it. You know, I really think it's a good avenue. You know, it's a good opportunity to give people another option to do to stay home and be able to, uh, you know, be in Atlanta for a year at least and and work out with pro guys and understand exactly what it means to be pros. And I would say another caveat what they should do is they also should help with them with it with their financial literacy. You know, their financial right. literacy should be a, it should be a, a a top priority. You right. know, so you can you know make sure that they're you know getting handled their money once they become millionaires. Mm -hmm. You know, because going from broke to a millionaire overnight is not an easy transition. Yep. You know, so I think yep. that's the one thing they should probably look into as well to try to get them to uh, understand exactly what it's going to mean to be a pro athlete, you know, on the outside. You know, it's mm -hmm. one thing to be, you know, be inside those lines and dribble the basketball and lift weights, you know, and put the ball in the basket. But it's another thing to step outside of that and handle your business financially and learn how to be an adult. You know, because understand, honestly, truly, I, I mean, I hate to knock it, but college don't prepare you for that. It doesn't. No, Especially not for you, walking. Not for walking into, you know, going from where you may be making thirty thousand, and when you, meaning your parents, right. may be making thirty to forty thousand or less a year, and now you, your first year, all of a sudden you're a multimillionaire. Right, yeah, college overnight. Prepare you practically overnight. That. You literally sign a contract, and you walk out with a with a with a six seven million dollar signing bonus. You know, yep. you're in the bank, it's cash money. Like they literally deposited in your bank that day. So yep. you automatically your financial ch situation changes overnight. So you got to be prepared for that. So you don't you don't squander that early because you know, there's no guarantees. You know you may that might be the only contract you get. So if you don't squander yep. that money, you know you really could be up against it once you get done playing basketball. So mm -hmm. I think that that's a great thing if they can do all those things, get them get them exposure, and they could uh, literally you know teach them the ways of uh, the of the pro life when you get when you get to the point where you actually are drafted by a team. And if you get them ready for that, then they have all the tools they need, in my opinion. You know, get them some speech, yeah. you know, some speech closures and things of that nature. And, you know, you know, interviewing, you know, understand how to be interviewed by the media. That's another yep. big thing that they should work on, too. You know, yep. getting kids ready to be interviewed from me today and day and out because you're going to have to experience that. Especially if you're, you know, a high draft pick. You know, yep. I'm sure, you know, I don't know if they did it for Kay Cunningham. Let's use him as an example. But he's a college kid. 
you know and it, who knows whether or not he's you know act, actively ready to be able to you know be approached and be the face of his franchise you know right. and be interviewed right. as such going forward because that's where he's going to be for the next uh -huh. four to five years he's going to be interviewed like the face of the franchise so is True. he prepared for that now had he been in overtime elite you know he might have been more properly prepared for that so yeah you know so i yeah. can definitely see there's nothing but a positive so I'm, I'm waiting to see what the fallout is but to see the number eight overall person go and tyler smith go there uh here late recently is definitely telling me that people are using that as a platform and it could you know it could uh spread like wildfire like once they see him go there and have success and get drafted high then more kids mm -hmm. will follow you know yeah. so you know everybody's a copycat you know if, they, if that worked out for them and then it will, it will work out for a lot of other kids going forward so we'll see how it shakes out yeah so like i said just looking at it you know there's going to be kids watching the thing that i do like again mm -hmm. is on the surface it, it, at least they're not hoarding kids you know they're saying mm -hmm. hey we're going to have a small number max 30 right we're going to keep these kids and then the other thing is they're split the, i like that they're splitting them to basically right now um at the number that they have eight man rosters uh -huh. so that means you got your starting five plus three backups you know so at least the kids are going to get into a rotation compared to having 60 70 um kids and now you got kids just sitting never being evaluated right, you know what I'm saying? right right so right now looking you know you're going to have people that's going to watch and look and see what's happening and is it going to fail and what's going to happen but mm -hmm. hey man from what i'm seeing this is this could shake up college basketball so yeah really that was just wanted to bring that forward real quick you know i know the nba is pretty much done but you mm -hmm. know seeing those like you said tyler smith just signed and some other kids i was like whoa right this yeah, that's, this, that's this is gonna shake up the the college basketball now. Yeah, that's so. like a, that's like a couple of football players that signed with HBCUs that were high prospects. It could it could yep. be infectious. It yep. could be infectious. Yep. So we'll yep. see yep. down the line. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. So yeah, let's let's talk NFL now, man. That's a lot let's of NFL it, news go, going on through here, man. Uh, things happening by the minute. It seems like Gardner Minshew didn't got traded today. You uh, see that? I saw that. J.K. Dobbins <laughs> went down with a knee injury, unfortunately. And let me say this before we get into it: I would not be a skilled position player and want to play on the Washington Football Team's field. Did you know how many ACLs that field has claimed in the past twenty years? And some bodies, it's, it's some it, bodies on that field. Some bodies buried underneath that field. Some people have left ACLs there and never went back and got them. <laughs> like it's, it's bad. It's it, bad. Listen, they don't change, and that's they don't not change counting the, the Joe Theismann, Alex Smith situations. Oh god. Oh god. You now granted, no, granted, now Joe Theismann got hurt in RFK and, and Alex Smith got hurt in, in FedEx. But regardless, right? Why won't you change your your field or change your turf? Get some different side. Get, go just have turf. Like don't have natural grass. Have turf. You know, do something that's more helpful to the players that everybody else is using clearly, and they're not having these rash of injuries. But yet FedEx Field to get claim another body in the day, and I hope he's not hurt for the year. But it looked bad. But so who was it again? J.K. Dobbins, the starting running back for the Ravens. See, and mm -hmm. that's look, man, look. The only other field that had that type of. Um, body count yeah. was uh philadelphia eagles stadium oh the link, oh the one before the, uh the link yeah yeah the one before, yeah, that, yeah. before the nfl came yes, down that and was said, whole... you will change yeah, your yeah, field yeah. conditions well they didn't need to do that with the football team because man i say i, yeah. I remember adrian peterson went down then and then rg3 went down yeah you know in that time frame i'm just like yeah. bro you got to do something about that field at and it's the same like the same turf every year i just don't get it but yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna belabor that point. We're gonna let's right. talk about some quarterbacks. Well, first go. and foremost, let's talk about some quarterbacks. Now, some interesting decisions have been made here lately. <laughs> um, you know, some we agree with, some we don't. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that we'll we'll get into right. it in depth right now. But right. 
it seems as if, you know, the quarterback controversy or the quarterback competition has been shaked out. Um, my biggest concern with this, uh, with the decision-making right now is, is first and foremost, Cam Newton. <laughs> now, you know, you know I, I'm, I love Cam. Cam, Cam Newton's right. probably the only player's jersey I have that's not a Charger. Right. You know, I, I do have his jersey. Right. So, I, Cam is my guy. But at some point, like, you know, you, you, you and I are really good friends. You know, but if I just if I see you completely consistently go off the rails, no matter how much I love and support you, at some point I'm like, look, dude, <laughs> we got we got to have a come to Jesus meeting or something because you just off you this just shit gotta you, stop. You just you just <laughs> off the you just way out in left field and won't come back in. Like you just uh, you just gone. You just you out there. It's, it's left. You're off the beaten path. You're sir. off the reservation and you won't come back inside. <laughs> so for Cam, I'm just like, dude. I mean, how many different times can you get in your own way? And, and and I say that because you know if you have if you've been living on the rock this week, Cam Newton yet again has caught his I want to say contacted COVID, but he's in COVID protocol. So mm-hmm. now the the most befuddling situation in this that the dynamic is that Cam already had COVID once already, right? So he had COVID once already. So this is pre-vaccine, right? Something he can control. Mm-hmm. He got COVID. You know he had symptoms from it. You know it, to me it affected his play last year. But you know we're not going. We're not going to beat that dead horse, but you had COVID already. So you come into the next season when there is a vaccine free, clear. All you got to do is show up to get it and you'd opt not to get it. Right. And on top of that, you know that the restrictions for unvaccinated players are stricter than vaccinated players. So mm-hmm. and we had this conversation before about how, you know, just from a business perspective, you know, it's more it's more advantageous for you to get the vaccine and help your team versus being a detriment. And here's the biggest clear cut case of being a detriment right here. And we're not even in the regular season yet. So he gets cold. He gets caught in a testing snafu. We're gonna call it. And he uh, gets caught up with one of the guidelines that had to put him in five day quarantine because he missed the test. Right. So whoever is the miscommunication or not, you know, you knew what you had to do. You know, at this point. So you got put you put yourself on the sidelines at home, no contact with the team for five days, and you and you're the heated quarterback battle with Mac Jones. Now, how self sabotaging is that? You know, is the question, because again, you know, no, you people, you know, most I guess you could say pundits or analysts were saying that you had the slight edge in being the starter, but you don't give a guy a five day grace period with you being out and expect to come back and automatically have your job. So, you know, what are your thoughts on it? I just think that at some point, you know, you got to look in the mirror and be like, I'm my worst, I'm my own worst enemy. The biggest enemy you can have to deal with right now is yourself. It's not other, other people because you don't have a bunch of people knocking down your door. And we said this, you know, in previous podcasts that he has to play this year, play the whole year, put out good tape because, you know, he's the bridge quarterback. So whatever he puts out this year is going to be his audition tape for his next team if he wants another opportunity. So... You do this to squander that opportunity. If Mac Jones starts, you'll never get your job back. Let's be honest. So, because clearly you spent a first round pick on this guy. If he starts, it's over. So, what are your takes? What is your take on it? Well, you know, I, I follow up with what you said. I'm really rooting for Cam um, and really want to see him, you know, defeat the naysayers. Because if I'm looking at the handwriting on the wall, what I'm seeing is that. There's a wave of energy in the NFL that wants Cam un, 
uh, unemployed, un, un, unemployed. Yes. I'll say it like that. Like yes. you said, unemployed, uh-huh. meaning whatever way that they can figure out to say cam is not no longer services are required for the NFL. They want to do that. Right. And so they're looking at anything possible because truth be told, I don't know if he would have gotten picked up possibly uh, if the Patriots wouldn't have picked him up. That was the last. Year, that was the last know. resort. He literally got signed for the league minimum at the very last minute. Like he was, exactly. he, he got there like two weeks before Cam started. I want to say exactly. So, and so yeah, yeah. So to answer the question, you know, looking at the situation, on um, essentially it was he 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 wanted to do the right thing and and not miss a day of practice, but he got tested away from the facility, and that part wasn't communicated to the team essentially for anybody you know just joining or you know wondering you know what is the what is the the bare bones of the situation mm-hmm. so somehow communication didn't happen there was miscommunication right uh between him and the the team which put him in a five day holding pattern so no cam didn't test positive no he wasn't around anyone of a close contact so it wasn't that right but it was just that his test was away from the facility but at the end of the day the best um available the best ability is availability oh, and dear. when you're in a close race mm-hmm. let me say let me say this first luckily he's at the patriots because one thing i will give the patriots and bill belichick credit for that's one facility and team that does not pay attention to the media. Okay. They really don't get caught up in that. It That's really true. doesn't That's matter. True. That's true. You know, the pressure of what the media is saying and reporting and doing and their decision. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing because a lot of other teams would bend to is Matt Jones, will Matt Jones, um, you know, is he, will he five days away? He's looked this way. He's looked that way. They would have leaned to it. But regardless of that, you don't, you, you just can't give somebody five days of reps with a number one team. Because here's the thing, we're all visual creatures. And regardless of what somebody may think, we've been, we're coaches. If a player is away for five days. You let that other player get five days of being in front of us, make plays, being on the sideline, looking mm-hmm. at each other like, "Ooh, well, 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 later. well, well, you know, yeah. we've done that. We've been how many kids have gone out of town on us and came back and had no job? Remember listen, that? listen, like you know, <laughs> you just up side. Your parents want to up side and go to go to vacation doing football camp, and guess yeah. you come back and wonder why you ain't start no more. Because hey. we've had to sit on that sideline and be like, hey, hey. we didn't see, we yeah. didn't know this kid could boogie like hey, this. Exactly, exactly. You know? And it's like, uh, and don't let it be a scrimmage. Oh, yes. Don't let it be a scrimmage. And he shines we, in a scrimmage? Oh, psh. yeah. You know, and yeah. we, we, hey, how have we done? Had to sit at the, had to sit at the 50 and be like, uh. Yeah, uh, just like that. Um, just like that. <laughs> well, let's talk about this situation. Right, right. Well, let's, <laughs> It's a, a good problem to have, but, but somebody gonna be mad when they get back. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, your minutes just got hey, cut. 
Your how, minutes how, just got how we cut. done it. So who gonna talk to the parents? Right, right. Hey coach, who, who gonna have you know, we always put on the head coach. We always put on the head coach. We we assistants, we coordinators. We don't yeah. we put on the head yeah. coach. We like like you talk to him. Let the head yeah, coach talk, talk to him. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we recommend we 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 recommend that this is what happens. Right. We've seen the kid. We're very comfortable with what right. he can do. Exactly. So you know, my thoughts are it, it's again, Cam hasn't distanced him distanced himself enough to had this lapse. And again, I exactly. don't know. And that's a know, great every, point. This is not yeah. Aaron Rodgers versus Jordan Love. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. This, you know, from what people have shown and wrote and, you know, my personal feelings are aside, he hadn't distanced himself, distanced himself enough to say, I can be gone for five days and let me give this rookie opportunities, um, yeah. opportunities to rep. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. it's just like COVID being out, like like Cam said. I was out for, you know, I didn't have a training camp. Mm. Five days now, is that's a lot of days it to is. be away. Yeah. And with everybody and fans and everything, like, oh, if, if Cam has a bad game, they're going to – it's almost Chicago. Put Matt Jones in. He's, you know, so yeah. uh, it's unfortunate. Um, this next preseason game, whenever the Patriots play again. Tomorrow night. You know, Tomorrow wow. night, he he's gonna have to shine. And you know, I know Patriots have you know the the Patriots organization have not named a starting quarterback, and that's not uncommon. You know, even when Tom Brady was there, they was like, oh well, it's a competition. Uh, but Matt Matt is not Jared Stid Stidham. No, he's not. You know that he that's no. not who he is. So um, I still get an edge to Cam, but I'm not the head coach. And I do, so, I do too. But again, you can't leave the door open like that. That's my biggest no. problem. Oh, he, he can't left leave the, the door, door open with he, the fan on. He did. He left it wide open with the, with the keys in the door. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I said, come on in. Lock the door behind you. Get you comfortable. Yeah, have some cookies on, and yeah, milk. Right. Uh -huh. Put your feet up on the couch. You know, do what you want to do. Yep. Right? Grind, yep. your, grind your muddy boots in, in my cut. <laughs> grind I'm your, your couch. I'm on your couch. Right. Grind your muddy boots in my couch all you want to. You know, yep. you buy another one, your rich mother. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so he just gave him he gave him more opportunity and more reps and more ability to show uh to to close the gap on uh -huh. hey, maybe I am ready to be the starting quarterback. So Right. That's what I'm saying. You know, and I, if you draft the quarterback in the first round, the moment he hits the field, there's no going back. You know, yeah. outside outside of the outlying Tua Tonga Valor and Ryan Fitzpatrick situation, you know, right. they they but they, you know, they started Ryan Fitzpatrick first. You know, but yep. had Tua started the first game, you can't snatch him. You know, you want to mess with his confidence. You can't snatch him, and you had, right. he had to be out there for better or worse at this point. You know, yep. Which leads me to the next next decision that we we have to talk about is this whole uh, Andy Dalton versus Justin Fields thing, right? You know, right. so you know clearly the the <laughs> head coach and whoever else is by, is backing this uh, movement. They still riding with Andy Dalton. They say he's starting week one, and they hadn't committed to anything about past that, but they still right. committed to. You know, week one and being a starter now. You know, just had a little bit of slow start today, you know, watching this preseason game, but he still did well yet again. So he had three solid performances in the preseason. And okay. he had one timeout and he didn't look that great. Right. So, you know, how do you feel about what the Bears decision making is and, and what do you think this is gonna lead uh to the Bears future? But what's go what's gonna happen with this situation and what's gonna be the Bears future? That's the question. Uh I think the Bears and I think Matt Matt Nagy is setting himself up uh, to stay around. Um, if if you put Justin out there and he 
doesn't bode well, you it, it, it it's going to illuminate some things with your job, right? So hold on, so hold on, hot take. So you're telling me because I'm thinking that I'm thinking to myself that you're going to put the best person out there, but you're saying that he's going to. Are you saying he's starting Andy Dalton because he felt like if he starts Andy Dalton, it will save his job and and he go with the safe bet. And that way he can stick around longer versus putting Justin out there. And if it doesn't go well, he's guaranteed to be fired. Is that what you're saying? Listen, what I'm saying is, you know that you have fine wine, right? Uh, you yeah. know, yeah. you know, and you know, fine wine, the longer it sits, it gets better and it is. it's able to age, the quality only gets better, True. right? Mm -hmm. The more you can let Justin study, rep, um, understand, defenses get acclimated you know what's you know that okay you know that right you got andy dalton here everybody knows even andy is aware i'm i'm on i'm on a pitch count you're the bridge pitch quarterback count. just he, like him you're the bridge count. you're the bridge quarterback he, obviously he, he knows it he's aware of it so in that instance you almost have this i'm actually good because the quarterback that is starting that I'm standing behind and I'm giving all my confidence to, right. he knows he's a bridge quarterback. He knows that if he does make it this year, he's definitely not going to be year two. Uh, yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. You so know, I got this, I, I got this, hmm. this, this fine wine uh -huh. sitting here. So you just going to sit, sit in the uh, shelf. You're going to let it sit on the shelf and, and just get this firm and, and get better. The more I let it sit in these high quality bourbon barrels and age, the mm -hmm. finer the taste will be. And so when I finally make the decision, let's say Andy D Dalton starts off five games and bombs, right? Yeah. He comes now and starts Justin. He really don't have to explain himself That's because you know what? You know, the media you will know, say you don't, you don't shock me often, but you you <laughs> you shocking it wow me right now because because I had a totally different take. I'm gonna let you finish, yeah. but I just want to let you know that what you're doing right now you're shocking it all <laughs> me right now because I did not think of it ever perspective. I did not. That, yeah. that is the hell so, of a take. That's a hell of a take. I just want to give you credit for that. Go ahead, though. Well, thank you, thank yeah. you. That's my perspective because then if you, like I said, you come to the media now, right? You say, hey, this week I'm going with Justin Fields. Okay. The media is looking like. Good, good call, coach. Because your offense is doing this. You guys, let's say they're sitting at two and three, one and four after five games. Hey, by that time, when are you going to start? Justin's already been decided, right? Mm -hmm. Now you just say, hey, after much deliberation, you know, after much analysis and reviewing game film, we are now making the decision to go with Justin Fields for the remaining of the. You now have, you're not doing anything incorrect. Because everybody around you is saying, when are you going to start Justin? Now, mm -hmm. when you start him, everybody's like, about time. Wow. No matter what happens, you almost get a pass because what's going to be the first thing that a lot of people say if Justin struggles? Oh, he's a rookie. He's a rookie. Mm -hmm. He's got to get acclimated. And here's the other part that I, I'm, I'm going to say, and this is really a hot take, but it's a benefit to what happened pre-draft. There's a lot of people that are not even expect anything that Justin does. There's a lot of people that are like, if he's succeeding, it's a shock. 
Oh. Because they didn't expect Justin they, they, to do right. it anyway. They, you're you're right. You're right. We we did we did we did browbeat the doubters for about five weeks leading exactly. up to the draft. So you got a hell of a point. You know so what? If he you know comes what? out and balls, you know, and you know, you might have, Eddie Dalton and Matt Nagy should listen to this and and thank you for saving their damn job right now because if he if he follows that blueprint, he gets another year regardless because he's going to be like. You know, you know, because honestly, this is my take, and I'm gonna go back to why you're right. In after I finish, right. my take was that you should put the best guy, best athlete, because understand that your own line is in shambles. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's a patchwork right now. They gotta get some guys healthy. You know, they brought in Jason Peters late. You know, he got to get acclimated with O line. They yeah. got they working on some things. They working on some things. So it, it's a, it's one of those things where you should put the per- person that can make the most plays and be the mo- biggest playmaker out there to win you games early. Because you need right. to win and win early. You need to make an impact early. So right. for them not to look at you crazy, be like, well, well, I guess we got to get rid of this guy by week eight. Because he he know Andy Dalton's work. Matter of fact, get them both out of the building by week eight. Mm-hmm. You know? But, again, if he leaves, he puts the veteran in there, let Justin sit, you kind of like to kind of have that, you know, that relief pitcher in the back. Like, you know, you only really know you got a wild thing in the back, in the bullpen, right. you know? Then he, if he comes out, you know, and balls after four or five weeks, and you look like a genius, you know? And listen, because I, I really thought that starting Andy Dalton was a complete and utter misstep. I really did. I really thought he was going to get fired by week eight because Andy Dalton was going to shit the bed. Right. You know? Watch your profanity. But, <laughs> but I thought that he was going to he was it was going to be horrible. Right. And I really thought that it was going to be a, a total blunder in Chicago. And him him sitting Justin was a mistake. But by that ideology, by that logic, you might have just saved Matt Nagy's job. I have to give you credit for that. You might have did it. Because I just knew that by him starting, starting Andy, and I only thought because he was going to do it, because it, it was one of those things where Andy walked in before the draft. He said, all right, I'm going to promise you, and I'm a man of my word, I'm going to start you week one. You're QB1. They put it on Twitter, all that stuff. They made all these, you know, grandiose promises. Mm-hmm. Then they spun the wheels and was able to manipulate the, the draft and move up and get Justin, which they didn't expect. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, oh, shit, what do we do now? You know, type of thing, but right. You know, clearly you can you can change your mind or do things differently based upon what you what you see from a talent perspective. So I thought yep. they should have backtracked and said, "Well, we should start Justin." But from your perspective, hey man, they listen. Magnaggy just got another contract messing with you. That's all I would say. Listen, That's all and, because, and because guess what? What are we both saying? Andy is not that dude. He's right? not. He's We're not. not the only one saying that. Right. He's never been that dude. Let's be He's honest. Never. He's never so, been a dude. You already playing with a with a you're driving a car that if this car every mile this car makes you're good people with are it. like oh, well. they they're like oh that's one mile more than we even expected for it to <laughs> right, go right right, right? so that, if the, that, when that the car breaks pinto. down that's in your old pinto you think that's in your old pinto right but when it breaks down you got a you got a sports car sitting in the garage ready that, to go you know what well I tell you what did you have to eat today. <laughs> I ate my frosty flakes for this. One. Yeah, you definitely did. Huh? You are I definitely you are DJ one. on point today, boy. I tell you that. I give you that. So let's yeah. let's let's get another hot take out of you. Let's go to Denver. Yeah. So I thought in my I can think we actually have different takes on this as well because I will admit that Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Lock both had good preseasons. Mm-hmm. But I felt like you know it was more of an upside potential with Drew Lock versus Teddy Bridgewater. But yet again, uh, Vic Fangio decided to go with Bridgewater over. Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about that decision? I think it's I think it's the same play. Yeah. Now um, that you, I mean, now that you say that, it, it's actually a quick take because I think that you're right. 
I think that's I think I think, the same play. Yeah, I think it's the same play as well. I think that again, I mean, clearly Drew Locke is not the Ferrari that that, that Justin Fields is. Not at all. But you know, he might be he might be a Lexus, you know, versus a Toyota. Yeah, you, you know, know. yeah, he, he might, might be. be. Yeah, you know. I, I mean, I, I think he's tied. I, I think they've tied their they've they've tied their wins and uh, their wagon to Drew Lock. Okay. Uh, but they see some things with Drew. Okay. And so again, put Teddy in. Worst case, but see, here's the thing that's difference between Teddy and Andy. Teddy's sneaky. Yes. Yes. Teddy is one of those quarterbacks that you have to be careful giving him the keys to the sports car because what you don't know about Teddy is that he's been secretly going to the track and he knows how to drive a sports car. And before you know it, you'll get a couple wins under your belt and you'll be uh -huh. like, oh, well, with a much improved defense and those weapons on offense, he definitely could. Listen, mm. all he has to do is win. In Minnesota, and before he got his knee hurt, he was consistent. Yeah. You're not expecting Teddy Bridge. No I, one is I mean, expecting Look at what he did in New Orleans. He went 5-0 while Drew Brees was hurt. Listen, so he sh he's one of those dudes that he puts it in a tough situation mm -hmm. because you, you'll start, you know, I, I'm looking at it like this. Denver's starting him thinking the same thing between, hey, let's get Drew Locke some experience. Let's let him sit. Let's, let's fine-tune him. Okay. But what they what they don't know is see Teddy got some some winemakers that's adding a little Genesee qua a little extra to him. He got some different type of grapes that he ain't telling nobody about. That's true. And before you know it, people will start take you know, people will start looking at Teddy and Teddy will come out the gate and he'll win one. He'll he'll win two. Yeah. He'll lose the third game. But then mm -hmm. he'll 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 go on a, you know, week four, week five, week six, and you'll look up. And Denver be sitting at five and one. You got to because what point. does he not do? Turn the ball he up. doesn't put teams in position to mm, lose. That's true. He's you know what? He's the black Alex Smith. Oh, oh, you know what? <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna let you do this show for now. I'm gonna sit back. I'm gonna <laughs> shut up. I'm gonna shut up because you are all different. You are different time right now. Like you, somebody, you ate something. And something was in the weeds or whatever the hell you ate. You you are on it today, bro. I can't I can't yeah. even like listen. You go ahead. I'll just sit here and listen. <laughs> he's the black Alex Smith. That is a is hell he of a comparison. He's not going to throw for 370. No. But he'll no. throw for 250 to 270, two right. touchdowns, no interceptions, lean on the running game, let the defense do what they need to do. He'll throw some check downs. And before you know it, you have a 17-13 game, a 21-18 game. And with a, a good defense, that, that's all the damn meat. This shit, that's all you need. That's all you need. That's all you need. Now, granted, you are in a subdivision, so it's, that's not that's not act like there. There's not a subdivision, but right. outside of the division, you can that formula will work a lot. And you because you're not going to put he's not going to put the he's not going to throw the football in positions that Drew Locke did, where it's like, damn, Drew, right, did you have yeah. to throw that one? We yeah. was right there. Right. No, what is he going to do? He's going to check down. He's going to be a a great game manager. Mm -hmm. He's not going to be too high. He's not going to be too low. But even if you looked at one thing, I did notice if you looked at him in New Orleans, he was a he was a locker room favorite. He was. They love Teddy in New Orleans. People love Teddy in New Orleans. Well, they, I mean, honestly, team. Teddy's a hard guy not to like. Period. No matter where he's been, I mean, exactly. that, you know, he's a great character guy. I definitely give him that. But 
Yeah, I I was just thinking that the way Drew Locke was, I felt like he made that took that third year leap because you know how they say a lot of quarterbacks take that three third year leap. Like Josh Allen was prime example of this. Yeah, he took that third year leap and all of a sudden he was elite. But I felt mm-hmm. like that preseason kind of telling me that he took that third year leap and he was ready. So I was thinking that you would go with him because he's your you know your cheaper option, your 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 rookie option, your up, more upside option. Your mm-hmm. you know your it could be your your technically could be your franchise if he develops properly. You know, so you literally riding with that. And going with that and let that be what you hit your wagon to. But yet again, I mean, going back to your argument, like I said, they put Teddy out there at first and he does what he does. And, you know, so if you feel like there's some adequacies that Drew can fix, he goes out there and kills it. And hey, Vic Fangio, who is another person fighting for his job? It could look like a genius and get himself another year in Denver and, and let, that, let, the, let that situation ride out to next season. So, yeah. And, and, and again, what do you lose? Yeah. Nothing. Because you know you got Drew Locke sitting behind. You know you have um, him ready to go, and so with anything, there's no, there's no bad side to it because it's the same thing. Yeah. How much are people expecting out of Teddy? Well, he's yeah, always yeah, been. Nobody the, expecting much out of Broncos. Period. So they could shock some people. He, he's he's okay. Mm. He's X Y and Z, but he's not. It's a lot of but he's not right. 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 So now if he comes in, and he does perform. It's like, whoa. If you pick up and kill it. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you look at the first game, I I was watching the stats, reading over the stats for the for the 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 podcast today. And I looked at game one. I was like five or seven for Drew Locke, 151 yards. He did have that one big touchdown to KJ uh Hamler, which was 80 yards. But if you take that away, take that away. That's Trey Lance's first game. Yeah, he was four for six Mm -hmm. for 71 yards. Guess what Teddy was? Seven for eight, 74 yards, and a touchdown. Right. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, it's yeah. like that's that. When I looked at when they played um when they played Seattle, Drew Locke, nine for 14, 80 yards. Guess what Teddy was? Nine for eleven, 105, and a touchdown. Yeah, they both played good. Teddy is the Toyota Prius. He's not going to get you there fast, but he's not going to. He's, he's not going to run any red lights, and yeah, you're not going to get a speeding ticket. But he's going to be there every state. day, and he's going to. He's going to. He's going to start up every morning. <laughs> I'm and he's cost efficient. There it is. There it is. Okay. All right. Yeah, you got me twice. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't lie. I think. But uh, so we can wrap up with what I think we both would agree on. I right. said let's let's go to New Orleans and let's talk about James Winston over Taysom Hill. Now, yep. we both were advocating for Jameis at the start of the preseason for him to be the quarterback. So yep. uh, are you satisfied with this particular uh, decision? Do you really think it was really a competition? How do you feel about this particular situation? Yet again, uh, I'm going to let you talk. I don't, I'm going to shut up. I don't, you know, you got all the hot takes today. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm just going to let you talk. No, no, I, I think we was both in agreement. I, um, if they would have went with Taysom Hill, you know, I, I it would have been something strange going on just because is regardless or we riot. Huh? That's how I feel. Is Jameis or we riot? That's how I feel like New Orleans yeah. is saying. Yeah, yeah. You just here's the thing. Um that's a passing offense, mm-hmm. right? That's a throwing offense. All day. Yeah, all day. You had Taysom who could do your gimmicks. Cool. But at the end of the day, you're looking at a throwing offense. Regardless of what you say about Jameis, he can throw the football. Oh, yeah. Now. And further than Drew Brees can. (laughs) Yeah. He had to be told some things. He had to get into the offense. He had to 
what's the word? Be molded to what is looked for from what many people consider a quarterback whisperer and a offensive guru. Right. So it was, hey, Jameis, we do things this way in New Orleans. We call the plays. This is the check downs. This is what we want you to throw. Even Jameis came out and said, hey, last season there were some throws that I made that made them uncomfortable. You know, you know what's really, really high-level mastery? When you can get the other person to blame themselves for something they didn't do, and you never told them that. And that's what Jameis basically did. It was my fault. Hmm. I'm I wasn't doing what was being asked. Oh. Uh made them comfortable. Hmm. It's on me. Oh. I gotta be a better quarterback. Hmm. When you have that happening, you you're doing the abracadabra on them. Hmm. When you got them uh, uh it's it's almost like the Jedi mind trick. No money. <laughs> Say that again. Is. Say that again. Jedi mind trick. Yeah, that definitely is Jedi mind trick. Yep, definitely the Jedi mind trick. Yeah, there it is. You know what I'm yeah, yeah, definitely give you that. So, uh-huh. at the end of the day, I hate to say it, but he's he's like one of those uh, cast. His first movie gets cast in a Tyler Perry movie, and he's always the 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 bad husband boyfriend. He's always the one that beats. He gets typecast at that, and then uh-huh. he if he's not playing that. Okay. Try uh, you've been a gimmick guy for some you're a high page you're a high paid gimmick guy. Mm. You know what? I'm gonna say this. He is the white Cordell Stewart. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> oh <laughs> listen. Uh, listen, this is now horse talk with Coach Curry. Yeah, Coach Defense has left the building. I this this guy here today, boy. Oh man. White you call yeah. you just call Taysom Hill the white Cordell Stewart. Lord ever. He is the he he is he is the white Cordell Stewart. He's the gimmick guy. He, wow. he that's what he is. And James well, is the most logical choice. Um but again, that's guess three what hot takes and I'm out. Like that's you just struck me out all day. And we ain't even out here to the show. <laughs> Lord have mercy. He didn't call he didn't call Teddy Bridgewater. First of all, he didn't he didn't gave me to the whole Andy Dalton, you know ruse i'm gonna call it right. a ruse because it's literally not it's not it's not the best decision but it's the right decision right so he gave me to that now he didn't call right. he didn't call teddy bridgewater black alex smith which is dead accurate right and he didn't call takes hill the white cordell stewart i'm done i'm done i'm done hey listen man you know I, listen, let's show over because I'm good. Guess what? if if james goes out there let's say james goes two three games because here's some things that let's let's say these are receipts Jameis has um, led the league in fumbles. Mm-hmm. And then he did a 30 for 30, no ESPN special, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, 30 interceptions. Right. He had his own 30 for 30 special. He did. If Jameis goes out there and he looks 
a smidget, a fragment of that type of person, again, here come your man walking up with his visor hat. If he walks up and says, we have now had to switch quarterbacks. Being that Jameis has that background, and if Jameis is putting that on film, who's going to argue he needs who's going to argue Sean Payton should not start Taysom? Yeah. Because by that time, guess what? Hey, hey, uh, Coach Payton, do you think it's time to go with Taysom Hill? Mm. Do you think do you think Taysom Hill will give you a better option? And don't let Jameis have a lot of sacks. What with the mobility of with Taysom that line, Hill he help the offense? He, with that old line, he better not have a lot of sex. I mean, you just hold the ball. I mean, just hold the football. Exactly. Yeah. And if he does that, which he's been known to do, this is true. Well, coach, would would uh would Taysom Hill help your offensive line out because of his mobility, being that Jameis is more of a pocket passer? You know what? We're going to evaluate that next day. We're going with Taysom Hill again. He gets a three game pass. Yeah, and Sean Payton's nowhere near in the hot seat like. Fangio and no Aguiar. So yeah. No he, he has he has way more leeway to do that than the other two do. Hey way, man, listen. Way I, more. I, I don't know what you had to eat. I don't know what you <laughs> what you what, what type of cologne you put on. I don't know what you I don't know what you did to yourself prior to the podcast, but something they whatever you did, keep doing it. Cause damn it, keep you doing you, it. you are DJ on point today. I'm just gonna let you know that. I can't listen. You three for three. I can't listen. You just you on fire. Put, look, listen, somebody put him out because he's on fire. <laughs> so, so hey man, that hey listen, we can wrap that up. I listen. You got the hottest takes of the moment. I ain't got nothing to say. So we right. can move on. Like well, let's let's okay. talk injuries and impact. Now, I'm scared to announce people right now. I, I we know have, because we we, street... we we talked about this in, for the entire week. Oh, Every time we it. bring up somebody is having a good year, damn they get hurt, and it's almost feel like we got the. Voodoo doll, the book, the the, the boogity, uh, or, or the, the mush, <laughs> boogity, boogity. yeah, the mush going on with our podcast. But we talked about Jalen Waddle, he went down with an injury. We talked yep. about Travis Etienne, he went down with an injury. Yeah, we ain't even said about J.K. Dobbins, he went down with an injury. My god, exactly. So, you know, so I guess you can say for the major injuries and guys that you know, even Devin Funches, he got he got he got matter of fact, he got. Put on the IR and released. That's that's the worst part. I, I hate that when they do that yeah. to people. Yeah. Like they yeah. like you get a, the injury destination they have with with contracts now. Like if I can let you go because you got hurt, uh, I think that's foul. You know, like right. they, like what they did with Jerry McCoy last year. Like he got he yep. tore his his quad up in pr- in practice and they let him go. He never played it down for the Cowboys. Yeah, that was foul. Right. But, right. But regardless, so. You know, with these major injuries, you know, this 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 happening. There's fantasy impact in this, and there's team impact. So, mm-hmm. what do you feel? You know, starting with the ETN injury, what do you feel like that's going to do for the Jags, plus or minus? Uh, I think it's going to be a minus just because of how Urban was looking to implement him. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't think it, it I don't think it hurts the running game per se, especially being uh, I think his name what Cedric Robinson, so James Robinson, James, James Robinson. Robinson. Yes. You clearly saw that he can run in the NFL. So oh, yeah. from that perspective, no biggie. But I think the versatility that ETN provided, plus the comfort with Trevor Lawrence, yes. I think it's a knock there because they need as many weapons as they can get right now mm-hmm. and losing ETN was a dual weapon from the backfield and from the slot position. We, we clearly saw how they planned on using him in 
uh, the preseason. So Even he was OTAs going to be had a lineup uh, as wide receiver. OTAs had a lineup as wide yep, receiver. Yep, yep. And so <laughs> losing that just loses another weapon to help out uh, Trevor Lawrence. So I'm gonna give it a negative just because of the dual threat ability that he would have provided. Okay. Okay. Now there's still, I guess you can say. Uh, no definitive timeline on this return, but how do you feel Jalen Waddle was going to impact the Dolphins if he's out for any particular uh, length of time? Now, that's a bigger impact because he was going to, he was looking to be slated no worse than number three, but okay. a high, you know, number two. Right. And then he was definitely going to be in the uh, return game in yes. the special teams yes. factor. So, uh -huh. You know, with them losing him, that hurts a lot, you know, because if you look at that roster, they don't have a lot of big impact, a big impact, game changing type of receivers. And Waddle was regarded uh, in this draft as possibly the best receiver behind Jamar Chase. You know, they was being well, looked I mean, at even people, with people. Smith. Yeah, give credit to credit. You got to give credit to Devontae Parker for being steady. Like he's consistent. Yeah. He's an assistant you know, number one receiver for that team. So he's not, he's right. no slouch. Right. You know, I'll definitely give him credit for that. But yeah, I will say from a playmaking splash kind of player, then yeah, I think Jalen Waddle would have definitely helped the uh, Dolphins in that regard. But mm -hmm. I want to say something that was interesting that I found out when I was looking up his uh, history, that he was actually slated as wide receiver four on the depth chart. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, he was slated, he was listed for wide receiver four before he got hurt. Well, damn. Yeah, I was shocked. I was like, wow. Slap me, slap me and call me Susie. Right, exactly. So I'm just like, well, was he? what was he doing in practice? You know, the same thing with Jamar Chase. I'm like, these guys, you know, have playmaker written all over them. So why are they not higher on a depth chart? I was calling that into question big time. And then he gets hurt, which right. probably retards his, his uh, uh, participation or his air quote, uh, you know, his, uh, his, his reps in practice. So, well, see, that's shocking to me because everything that I had read, and, and true enough, thank you for bringing that up because I hadn't per se checked the roster, but everything that I had saw was he's catching everything at practice. So, you know, I was like, oh, he's going to be a little higher up on a depth chart. But um, one would think. I guess not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, that's where it lands. That's definitely where it lands. So I'm just curious about exactly what that's going to mean for this offense. Well, you know, there's there's a rumor out there too. There's a heavy, hot and heavy rumor that they're trying to acquire Deshaun Watson from the Texans too. Did you hear that? No, trying to call Rick. Uh, oh, Deshaun. Oh, uh, you know, uh, you said his name and my hands got oily. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I realized I wasn't on a massage table oh, for see, a second. See, there you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I remember. I remember. Uh, you know, hearing some rumbles um, about. Well, them wanting to it, look at it's more than rumble. It's more like the bubble guts now because it's, uh -oh. it's, uh -oh. it's 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 definitely growing steam again. So uh, that's another thing too. So that we can that we can talk about a whole different thing next week if that does play out. But you you think he falls into their hand? You know what? <laughs> see what I did? See yeah. Yeah. Listen. See what I did there? Somebody put him out because he's, <laughs> he's clearly on fire. And Lee, yeesh. See what I did there? Yeah. But, but nonetheless, that that's that's the issue now. All right. I got for a flip side injury. Um, what do you think about Sonny Michelle going over to the Rams? Because I had big questions about the Rams going into the season with Cam Akers going down. So they had no semblance of a, a number one running back in their system. And much like the 49ers, the Rams need to run the ball. 
You know, right. that's 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 McVay's calling card. He runs the ball, right. play action screen, you know, then he then he, you know, cracks your head, you know, over the top, you know, for a one play score. But, you know, he sets all that up in, in, in unison. But without a dominant running game, that all that all that changes. So right. with them getting right. so Michelle, do you really think that they're back in the mix? Does that did that literally fill the void that they were missing going into the season? Um did it fill the void? Yes and no. Okay. Uh, I think it did two things. It 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 helped the Patriots a lot um, because, of course, there you know people their, were their, asking. Their hey, running back room was full. They they had yeah. too many running backs. Yeah. Yeah, and they was like, "Hey, where's Sony Michelle? What's Sony Michelle's role going to be? X, uh-huh. Y, and Z." Uh-huh. So it helped them to thin out um, their running back. Uh, you know, their running back stable because again, the young man Stevenson had put on a show, and he, I, he looks and, good in the preseason. Yeah, yes. yeah, and so I I do think the Patriots were looking at a way to honor Sonny, Sonny Michelle because he did help them on a Super Bowl run. I don't think they wanted to just throw him out, you know, with the baby in the bathwater. Okay. I believe the Rams are somewhat okay because I do believe Sean McVay was like, okay, you know what? We're not going to look for people. We got people on the roster. I do think that they did their due diligence to give the others, the Jimmys and the Joes, the opportunity, but they didn't like what they were seeing on film. Mm. And if anybody understands how to manage someone with a knee issue, is the Rams. Okay. Because Todd Gurley came from Georgia. Did he play at Georgia? He played at Georgia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Played at Georgia, had a knee issue. Sony Michelle played at Georgia has knee issues so if anybody and went to the rams if anyone knows how to manage a running back with knee that, is, yeah. issues and put them on a pitch count that might be exactly why they got him then that's that's a great point that might and be exactly look, why and, they got and him look at the the contract he's on yeah rookie deal he's on the rookie deal so, so yeah. again you what are you losing Nothing. you're not paying a high price for him that's a great point if he doesn't make it or if he doesn't explode this year Okay. What have you lost? A little bit. You know, a little uh, bit of money. I'm 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 through with you, bro. <laughs> I really am. I'm just, like I said, I'm just gonna I'm gonna close I'm gonna close my camera. I'm gonna just let you talk. Like, I'm gonna just queue up the topics and let you talk. Cause boy, I tell you, you are taking the cake today. You are taking the cake today. But yeah, those those injuries, you know, we still waiting on J.K. Dobbins is uh uh I guess you can say his the news on his injury could that could be a blow to the Ravens right. um, if he's out for any significant amount of time or the season. Knock on wood if he's not, you know, but um, but yeah, we still got to wait on that news. But those 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 key injuries and one that they kind of avoided they feel through in, from an injury, you know, was definitely hot on my radar that I wanted to cover. So that was a good, that was a good, that was a good segment. So yeah, let's move on to the unvaccinated. Son so then, of a bitch. <laughs> so this, this piggybacks on the whole, uh, you know, Cam Newton situation and being unvaccinated. And and I want to bring something up too. I don't know if you knew this or not, but Lamar Jackson has said COVID three times. So he, this is somebody that does not believe in putting on a condom. Pretty Basically much. What you're telling me. Pretty much. And he got three he, babies. Yeah. And then there's still three babies and been burned six times. Yeah, he just does not believe in it. Yeah. Yeah. Two to three times. I'm sure, I'm sure of two, I want to say I'll go up to three. But yeah, but you still refuse to get the vaccine. All right. When your when your testicles fall off and, and drop off in the toilet, don't blame us. But this is my thing. Again, you know, people pick and choose exactly when they want to be um 
I guess you can say when they want to fall in line. I don't even, fall in right. line sounds wrong. You know, I'm trying to figure out a different way to spin it. But I, I just, I'm having trouble. But, right. you know, people pick and choose when they want to uh, err on the side of caution or, or listening to the government. Let me say it that way. You know, or listen to doctors. Like, you pick and choose. Like, when they say that you need this malaria, this polio, this, you know, flu vaccine in certain regards, you need this smallpox or chickenpox uh, you right. know, vaccine, nobody had any problems with those. Right. You know, but all of a sudden, you know, somebody put in your head on social media probably or Reddit board that you that that the vaccine is a uh, is people put they putting chips in you and they try to track you and doing all this type of stuff. It's really not a vaccine at all and it's not gonna help you at all. It's a hoax and things of that nature, and you believe it. Right. You know, when you got all kind of things coursing through your veins already that you just let fly and had no qualms about. But but they people refuse to get the vaccine. That's that's problem at problem number one. The problem right. too is that you have issue with the idea of people having uh to you're basically not only putting other people at risk by being unvaccinated and could asymptomatically spread the virus, you're also putting your team in jeopardy and killing your team's uh chances at certain things, certain goals that they have they want to attain by your availability because of COVID. Because uh-huh. your 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 guidelines, your restrictions are way different than people that are vaccinated. So Understand that if you even come, you don't that's you don't have to necessarily be in in uh, involved with COVID directly. If you're just next to somebody that has in your family, people you come in contact outside, or people that you come in contact in the vacility, if they have it for any stretch of reasons, and you come in contact with them, you got to sit down, and right. for longer periods of time than people that are vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So, again, take Cam Newton's situation in, in, into account. He's been gone for five days. Imagine had that been in the middle of the season, he was starting quarterback. You have no reps throughout the whole week of practice. You got no reps, and you just want to come out on Sunday and perform perform well. It's not gonna happen, right? You know. So then we talking about uh, Cole Beasley got caught up again. You know, Isaiah McKenzie got caught up, and Isaiah McKenzie made me shake my head because he got on social media ranting and raving about the fact that he got put in COVID protocol, and then he shows up and gets vaccinated all of a sudden, and then puts his vaccination card on social media. And I'm just like, y'all some clowns. They really are some clowns. They really are. But my but my problem is this, is that if you're an impact player on your team and you're unvaccinated, you know, again, you don't have to be, you don't have to get COVID to be inf- impacted by this. So why wouldn't you, if you're, a t- if the ultimate team sport is football and you're, you're supposed to be a team player, why wouldn't you literally take one for the team and get vaccinated? What, what's, the, what's the issue there? Because again, if you're, if you, especially when it comes down to week 12, week 13, and you're fighting, you know, you know, you're jockeying for position for playoffs. Or you're fighting for your playoff life, and then mm-hmm. your your main player, you already got a few injuries just by just by normal NFL, you know, perspective. You're just going to see injuries. Mm-hmm. You're already thin, and then you get sit down for COVID, not an injury. You didn't get sit down for no, a normal football injury. You got sit down for mm-hmm. COVID, and you hurt your team's chances to go to playoffs. Then, right? How would how the locker room perceive that? I know, I know. I know how I would perceive it. Me too. You know, and I know definitely how I would perceive it if you brought it to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Especially as my teammate, you're fighting this, and mm-hmm. then you bring it in, and now I'm a close contact of you. I know what I would feel. Yeah. You know, um, listen, I get it, and and this goes what I was saying with the the Jerry Jones situation in some in some perspective. I do give him credit. For the lip service uh-huh. pause yeah, of saying 
everyone has their individual right and thought to do what they want. But when it comes to a team sport, you have to check I at the door because it turns into we. And so at that point, it's what is best for the team. And listen, I was someone who was very, I had strong views on it myself. Mm -hmm. But then I had to think about, do I want to be the person to bring that to someone else? That's the biggest thing for me. I want to be that person. That's the biggest thing for me. You're not necessarily because, you know, we're not older people. You know, we're not 40s. We're not we're not people that are, you know, high risk from an age perspective. But but you are around people that are. Mm -hmm. So you can walk around with it, not even realize you have it early on, spread it to somebody else that, that is high risk. And then they have a tough time and possibly, you know, not I'm not wanting to this, but they could possibly die from it. Do you want that on your conscience? Uh, no. Right. Exactly. So again, why why are we even having this conversation and people, you know, jostling and playing with this situation and realizing that you gotta understand that NFL is a moment to moment business. Like you really the moment you experience this year, you might not ever experience again. You know, if you're gonna have a high level of success and make it to the playoffs, make it to the Super Bowl, you know, and you squander that because of COVID and something you could could have controlled, then you may not ever see the Super Bowl again. So do you really want to live that live with that or or have that on your conscience and realize that you could have did something better for yourself and your team and had a better outcome? Or do you really do you really want to ha- you really want to just be able to say, I want to be able to do what I want to do and not listen to nobody and feel like I can do what I want to do when I want to do it? Hey, they <laughs> they better be lucky that it's uh preseason. Yeah. Cuz this happens in the regular season. And it's going to and it's going to because it's the, uh, the the population of unvaccinated is enough to have because if you look at if you look at the reports every every day somebody noteworthy has gone into COVID protocol, somebody noteworthy, Quentin Nelson, you know, like I said, Cole Beasley, Isaiah McKenzie, you know, Cam Newton. There's a bunch of people on this list that have gone into COVID protocol. You watch the NFL ticker, or NFL Network every day, X Y and Z has gone into COVID protocol. X Y Z is going to COVID protocol. So you can't you can't sit and tell me that's not going to drastically change in a week. You can do a lot of things. Don't play with my game check. And there you go. There you go. There that, you go. That's what I'm saying. Now, if I do something and I get hurt, I get injured, it affects me. Cool. Right. No harm, no foul. Right. If you messing with my game check, Slim, we, we got to talk. We do. We're not talking about a couple of dollars here. We're talking about cold cash, thousands of dollars. And especially if <clears throat> I'm somebody playing on a league minimum yeah. or, you know, I need all my money. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, there you go. Slim, Slim, I'm gonna have to come see you. Yeah, I'm gonna have to come I, knock on your door. We gotta have a talk. Yeah, we gotta. You gotta compensate me for what I lose because you bringing this right. to the house. And, so and yeah, I, man. And, and yeah. understand, people, people take that personal. Like you take money out of my kid's mouth. That's what they'll tell you. You take money out of my kid's mouth, and I got yeah. an issue with that. So we gotta have yeah. a come to Jesus meeting. Yeah, I need to come talk to. You. I need to. I need to. We're gonna have to take a, a we're gonna have a short conversation. Right. Real quick. Yeah. You know, and it's gonna mm-hmm. be a one way conversation. It is. <laughs> Keep your hands where I can see them. Right. You know, so yeah, man. It, again, <laughs> you know, it it's something to think about when you you know, like you said, we're teammates, you know, put team over uh 
over the the, the biggest thing. And don't who don't bring that to someone because you don't know what they got at home. You don't you know you don't know who's living with them and right. what their kids could be dealing with. And so that's why a lot of players opted out last year. A number of players opted out they because they just had that. situations that were too detrimental or not too detrimental. They had situations that were unknown yeah. that they just didn't feel comfortable putting their family. Uh, in that in that position to deal with that, but I tell you, somebody who don't care about that, the whole Tennessee Titan organization at all. Variable got it, like that. I mean, the coach got it. The like a bunch of coaches got it. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't the whole coach say had to be like? Didn't coaches and trainers didn't they have to be vaccinated? They were supposed to, right? So he had if he's supposed to be vaccinated because clearly you wasn't supposed to be working if he wasn't. So if he right. was vaccinated and still had a breakthrough case, that means somebody around him had a heavy case and gave it to him. Hey, and now how many players um, have had to go into the protocol Quite now? Quite a bit. Quite a bit. Started with Vrabel and a couple of other coaches, and it, it trickled down to the players. You know, I, I want to say that um, uh, Ryan Tannehill and nine other yes. Titans right. tested positive. Exactly. Now, listen. Yeah. I don't know what the hell now, is imagine, going on. Imagine in had it been the regular season, they would have been done for that week. That they lose that game, no matter who they play, they lose that game. Done. Yeah. That game is done. It's over. And depending on the situation, could be another game. Nine days? Is that, don't don't let it be a Thursday then Sunday game. Like don't let it be a quick turnaround. Like you play Sunday, you got turnaround. Play Thursday. And, you, and, and got, Tennessee had the same outbreak last year where it spread like wildfire. Exactly. And nobody learned their lesson. Nobody learned their they, lesson. They around here just they they running up in the club butt naked. Just <laughs> they sticking it in everything. It don't, don't even and, ask and, questions. And everything just, moving. Everything, everything moving. moving. Everything yeah. moving. You know. So, and so I um, think that's good. It's gonna be even though there is a vaccine now, I still think that's gonna be a heavy headline. Going into the season because people just don't want to do what they're supposed to do, and that's the that's the country's problem on top of the NFL's problem. Like the country as a whole don't want to get it act together, and neither does the NFL. And right. for reasons I just can't comprehend or fathom. And again, we're going to be talking about why you know things are going to be different. Fantasy teams going to be different. We're going to be arguing and fussing about that. We're going to be yep. fussing about our favorite teams. Well, my favorite team, they're 100 vaccinated, so we won't get that problem. But that that's. <laughs> That's neither here nor there. But regardless right. of that, other people's teams are going to be deeply impacted by this, and they're going to be upset because they could have had the opportunity to, to to right the ship, and they wouldn't have these issues, and they didn't do it. So you're going to have problems where you're going to lose games for the simple fact that nobody's hurt, but everybody got to sit out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, and that's why, you know, um, just real quick, that's why you saw what Jerry said. And let's be honest, Jerry, yeah. You know, he, he's not going to do a PSA. He, Jerry don't really care. Jerry cares about the bottom line. Oh, yeah. When it was affecting his money, well, then we want to talk about it. It's affecting his money, oh, you know, yeah. and, and him saying the we. And that's why I, I told you, you know, I had a problem with it because it's like, oh, it's about we. Okay, Jerry, where was all that we when Black Lives Matter situation was going on? Where was right. all that we about we a team? You know what I mean? Where was that? <laughs> Yeah, you and know, that, but when this situation yeah. affecting your bottom line, right. now you're like, we got to check I at the door. Yeah. Well, yeah, the damn sure wasn't I at the door yeah, being checked because you was, all of us will stand. Yeah. Yeah. I told it a line. Yeah. That, you know, that, hold it a line. You you know, yeah, but that. it didn't affect your bottom line the way this. Oh, of course. This well, well, no, 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 no. That's, it. That's the thing. It did, though, because, because he knew that people that was oh, backing him. 
his 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 uh the people that rock with him were yeah. offended yes. by yeah. yes yeah okay yes. that's why he came out and we all will kneel yeah. down right. in unison right one well, we time all, one time and then we're all standing toe the line from then yeah. on yeah, if you don't take your crip keeping ass looking <laughs> Why thin you hair, <laughs> your damn crip keeper thin uh, hair, yeah, Lindsay uh, Martian eyeball ass I have, somewhere. When it comes to social injustice and things of that nature and equality about the Dallas Cowboys, they're not who I look up first to talk Hell about no. because they're that's so we got that's a long list of issues I have with the Cowboys in that regard. We that we'll save that conversation for another day, but yes, yes. But, it, but yeah, he only speaks up when it affects his bottom line. That's just, that's just it with Jerry Jones. We all know that. There it is. There it is. All right, so moving over to our last segment of NFL news and rumors in the reaction segment, we're going to talk about the headlines, the biggest headlines of the AFC. We're going to mm-hmm. do the AFC this week. We're going to do the NFC next week leading up to the start of the regular season. So we each going to have our own uh, unique headline for each division in the AFC. We're going to give them and give our opinions on it real quick. So as you being the leading man of this podcast, you, you're the driving force of the trainer today. I'm going to let you start with AFC East and give me your biggest headline out of the AFC East this year. So in the AFC East, the biggest headline that I would say would be, well, this is this is not a headline. The biggest, you know what the biggest headline I'm going to say about the AFC East? Because I was going to say the, you know, the Patriots being where they are. That's not a big headline. Uh, the Bills being... Uh, favorites, that's not a big headline. I'm going to say the biggest headline is that Zach Wilson may put the Jets in position to finish third in the division. What? Wow. That's not just a headline. That's a hot take. Listen, you said big headline. I, you, I, you listen, go big or go home. Go, go, big go, or go, go big or go home. So swing big, miss big. You do what you do. But there it is. And that's a heck of a headline. I, I listen. Zach I, Wilson may put the Jets in position to finish third in the division. And I'm going to go even bigger. Zach Wilson could put the Jets in position to beat the Dolphins and the Patriots as a rookie this year. Wow. <laughs> Woo! Going yeah, big. Le- yes, yes. Go, go hard to go home. Go hard to go home. I'm going yeah, exactly. Listen. Oh man. Oh wow. I I can't again. I can't top that. <laughs> I just can't top that. My, what says you, sir? My, mine was you, very, sir? very much more. You know, I guess you could say. I don't know what's called a realistic, but much more of a down the road headline. My biggest headline for the AFC East is: Can the Bills run the ball? Mm, okay. Because, because I feel one. like the That's Bills running the ball is going to be the difference maker in whether or not they make it to the Super Bowl. Mm, because they, okay. their lack of running game throughout the whole year literally was, the, to me, the Achilles heel of them not being the Patriots. Excuse me, not the Patriots, but the Chiefs in the AFC title game. I really okay. feel like if they had a running game on top of having the, the, the elite passing game that they had with Josh Allen, Josh Allen can't be your leading rusher. Okay. True. True. If they true. can, if they can run the ball with a with an approved pass rush, an approved mm-hmm. O line, approved wide receiving core, which is, which is amazing to me because you had a great wide receiving core last year. Right. Um, you know, Thaddeus Moss looked good in preseason. Get past uh-huh. Josh Allen, so they have no holes. You know, from a you know from a roster perspective, in my opinion. So right. if they're able to run the ball and balance their offense more this season, I feel like they would make 
the Chiefs more nervous in that title game if they were to face them again than they would last year. So I think that okay. that's the headline I have. Can the, can the Bills run the ball? Gotcha. That's a good headline. That's yeah. a very good headline. Oh. All right, so let's move on to the AFC North. So what's your headline okay. to the AFC North? AFC North, my headline is Cleveland Browns will win the division. Wow. <laughs> wow. They will. Not, not can they, but will. They will. They will win a division. Okay. They will. Hey, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Now, I will say that I had a little more reservation before J.K. Dobbins went down. You know, but if J.K. Dobbins is not on the field and their backups, you know, Justin Hill and, and Gus Edwards and those guys can't fill the void, then I feel like the race is tighter between the Ravens and the Browns on paper right now. But mm-hmm. my, my headline was a little bit similar. Can the Ravens hold on? That was be my headline. Can they hold on? Because the Browns are breathing down their neck. I really feel like the Browns are breathing down their neck. So can we still got to see come week one and, you know, throughout the season. But I think on paper and with the way they both look at the preseason that I feel like it's really up to them to to battle it out in those uh, two games to, to face each other, whether who's going to win the division or not. So can the Ravens hold on? That's my headline. Yeah, and I'm nervous because when you look, depending on how, how long J.K. Dobbins is out, Lamar with his uh, his his uh, Oprah Winfrey COVID situation, he get COVID, you get COVID. Hey, Lamar, damn, two, he's had it twice since November. Yes. You know, so, and then you look at their receiving core. Damn near all their receivers are injured. Yeah. Again, we yeah. talked about this with, with uh, Cam. Yeah. You... Damn, you Sammy Watkins, people, Bateman, and yeah, all of them. You're right, all of them are damn. Yeah, okay. When you give people the ability mm-hmm. to come in and take advantage of injury, you got to be careful. And here's the thing, uh, Baltimore, you are injured. You got a lot of people. You're opening the door to let Cleveland get some games yes. ahead of you. And if I believe Cleveland this year is like a hungry dog, you let him, you let him get a couple good meals in him, and you ain't going to yeah. be able to take that bone away. Unintended. Unintended. The dog powder's ready. Yeah, it is. Sure ready. Can you, yeah, can you imagine Did you imagine that us talking about the Browns as a contender in our lifetime, as bad as that organization's been over the past 30 years? Come on, man. Yeah, it's, that's rough. That. That's rough. But, uh, but let's move to the AFC South. What's yeah. your headline for the AFC South? I, I hate I hate much carrots so I knew you much. Go, I knew I, I saw it in your face. I said he gonna say something. I said he gonna say something about Carson. I know you. Carson Wentz will lead Indianapolis to the playoffs. Wow! wow. I almost wanted to throw up. You did. Yeah. I almost. I, it, I had throw up in my mouth even right. saying that. But I'm, I'm going to say it. Texans is in shambles. Uh, Jaguars that, that on fire. Uh, that, that dumpster fire has been. You constantly pour gasoline on that on that dumpster fire. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then the Titans, um, their situation with COVID and everything. Scary. You know, I wanted to say something about them because I do believe they have the team with those three man beasts that they have between uh, King Henry, Julio, and, and AJ. AJ. Yeah. Um, it's scary, but with this situation and what's been going on with them with COVID, I'm going to Can't go with, them. you know, Carson will lead the coach to the playoffs this year. <laughs> I'm going to double down on this. They not only wouldn't make the playoffs, but they also win a playoff game. 
Ooh, yeah. hot take. Hot. Hot take. Hot, take. hot, hot skillet. Hot, hot plate. Hot, yeah. Okay. Yep. All right, so let's move over to the AFC West. What's your headline for the AFC West? You said go big or go home, right? Go big or go home. Because I'm going big in this one, too, so go ahead. You know, this is my division, the, so. The Chargers will win the division. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> Ditto. Sign it up. Sign still delivered. Book it. Package that up, package that up and send it on <laughs> to the UPS station. It's going out. <laughs> Book it. Book it. Book it. Chargers win the division. Yes. I'm with it. I, yeah. I share that sentiment. We win a division. Damn right. Yeah. Damn right. Yeah. yeah. I'm very high. I'm very high on the Chargers. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So that's it, man. Hey, that's a great segment. I like that one. I like that one. So yeah. let's move on to our segment real quick to where you at. Yes. All right. Yes. Yes. So yes. you had an interesting question this week in our, in our right. uh, prep meeting. So tell me exactly what you want the, the world to know on this podcast about the NFL and and when when it comes to speed and how speed kills, you bring it down for me, brother. So this came from and this segment um, where you're at came from Chris Johnson, C2K, mm-hmm. who made a statement that said he is was will forever be the fastest man in the NFL ever, mm. ever. Mm. Now let's check some receipts. Yes, Chris let's, let's Johnson did have the fastest 40 recorded. Official. Official. Official rec- yes. Now, I said, I, I brought this as our where you're at segment because of these reasons. There have been some players that are blazing fast. Yes. It's been one of the things, you know, it's just like in the Olympics. Who's the world's fastest man? The same thing in the NFL. It's one mm-hmm. of the, it's like a home run. It's like a slam dunk. Mm-hmm. It is the who's the fastest, Yep. you know? And so when we look over time, there's been a number of extremely fast players. We've had the Willie Galtz. Mm-hmm. We've had the Daryl Greens. Mm-hmm. We've had the Deion Sanders and the Bo Jacksons and the Andre Reeds. And when they used to have uh, on NBC, they used to have the skills competition where they used to do the fastest man competition. I remember that. Now, let's go back even to the Gail Sayers times, mm. you know. We want to lie for um, that, but go ahead, though. <laughs> we want to lie. But, uh-huh. you know, uh, from from what we saw on tape mm-hmm. um, and from what we've uh, seen from – the couple games that Gail played in, yeah, we might not know his official time, but damn it, he, he looked fast. He did. He did. But you also got to realize that some people look fast because everybody else is slow. You know, if there you, it is. You know, if everybody, else, everybody on the field is running a 4.9 and you run a 4.5, then damn it, you look fast as hell, you know, running around everybody, running circles. You know, you just look faster than them, period. But, you know, again, some guys are just straight line blazing fast you can't do nothing with them if they get in the open field it's over that type of right. thing that's that's just blazing fast now when i say you know i i know see you know chris johnson for a while had the fastest time mm-hmm. um ross i believe broke it yeah, yeah i think it's my broke, ross yeah, I think broke he, yeah. four, he, he did four two two yeah. so here's what i'm saying it's very crazy to say that because there's only one nfl player mm-hmm. that is on record as winning the gold medal in the Olympics, meaning he was the world's fastest. Bullet Bob Hayes won mm. 
the Olympics in the hundred meters got gold medal. Now we've had other NFL players like Willie Galt who ran on Olympic teams right. four by one hundred relay. Mm-hmm. The the legend of Dion stepping out of a limousine, yes. not stretching, yes. not stretching, running the forty and getting back in the limousine and leaving. Yep. Now record uh, uh, legend is he ran a four two. Mm-hmm. I heard four one. Four one. I heard four one nine. Four one nine. Bo Jackson has been on record claiming that. He ran Somebody a clocked him. Exactly. Yep. Joey Galloway is legend to at his pro day have ran a four one eight. Right. But Chris Johnson is saying that he's the he's the fastest. He would be the fastest ever. Now, <laughs> again, there are some things that you say. Hey, are we talking about forty? We talking about sixty? We talking about one hundred? I'm just saying, Chris Johnson. I don't know if you can claim fastest man ever because you got Dion again, Daryl green at four. I believe he was close to 50 and ran a four, four clock. I, I, heard, I heard he ran a fucking four, three and four when he was 40 in his forties. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So I, what I, I'm saying is if he's running that there, listen, <clears throat> you can say a lot of things, but everyone claim, everyone has said Daryl green was extremely fast. Right. Right. And and see at this time when Daryl ran the forty wasn't recorded like it is now. Correct, correct. So there's a lot of people that I'm thinking before they start officially clocking the forty, were fast. Mm-hmm. So I just had to bring that up as you know where we at because you know that's a bold statement to make when there's been a lot of people that have come through the NFL that have been blazing fast. Mm-hmm. To you say forget, you forget about Rocket Ishmael too. Rocket Ishmael was fast as shit. Fast, too. yeah, fast, yeah. I'm talking. Well, I'm not gonna say that. I was about to say something. <laughs> Had to catch myself. Uh-huh. Had so, to catch my. my, I, my, my I would my. say. I would say this. When it comes to speed, like I say, straight line speed is one thing. Because understand this: the as much as if you look down a list of fastest forty times top ten, there's not many guys that that made impacts in the league outside of being no. fast. Like, no. like Tavon no. Austin is one of the biggest uh, underwhelming talents that was super fast in the entire NFL. Dre Archer, Jerome Mathis. I mean, you know, Stanford Route as a corner. Tyrone Calico, Jalen Merrick, J.J. Nelson, you know, right. Jacoby Ford. None of these guys made really big impacts in the league, if at all. So, you know, so you have to look at it like, yeah, they're fast, but they don't really make any waves. And that goes back to me saying about the whole, you know, most of the guys are wide receivers. You know, being right. a small, fast receiver in the league doesn't really translate. You get hurt a lot. You get beat up a lot. And you don't – your greatest asset is minimized because you're always hurt, banged up, legs, arms, you know, groins, stuff like hamstrings, stuff like that. You're cl- right. constantly getting banged in, the, in that area, with which is your moneymaker, and it's not profitable for you. Right. So so for me, people that, that, that were fast clock and fast in the league, for me, is Dion, Darryl, right. Bo. Tyreek Hill. Yes. I mean, I I can't, I mean, I'm I'm never a person that's that's an avid hater because I'm a Chargers fan. Tyreek right. Hill is damn fast. And he concerns me every time he lined up against us because yes. ain't, no, ain't hardly anybody in the league. Like, I really, really wish Deion or somebody 
Daryl or somebody like that was still in the league that can cover him, you know, step for step because can't a whole lot of people do in the league right now, if anybody. Right. You know, right. maybe Patrick Peterson in his early years, but outside of him, it ain't a whole lot of people can cover him. So people that right. actually were fast and like, on the field, on top of being speed, you know, being clocked at high speeds in a combine, those guys are the ones stick out for me. Right. You know, so hey, again, I mean, you know, I, I would say, you know, because shit, hell, Reggie Bush looked fast to me from a pump return perspective. You know, too. So, you know, he wasn't, you know, a blazer, but damn, if he caught a pump return and get hit that sideline, it was a wrap. I'm gone. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it really just depends on who, who not only did you work fast on the clock, were you fast on the field? Yeah. That was the biggest thing for me. And I, and I seen Bo hit that next gear on people, you know, quite a few times, you know, as a kid. And I'm like, dude, this dude should not be this size. I'm not going to say, you know, B word, but you know, shouldn't be this size and running that fast. Right, and he he was doing it, he was doing it. He was definitely the uh, the biggest outlier from a running back perspective I've ever seen in my life. I don't think it's ever going to be anybody like that. That's that fast, that that size, and they can run right. and they can run with that type of power. So right. yet again, those are those are the guys that stick out for me that were literally fast as advertised. Yeah, yeah, and Dion just had another gear. He you did. Know. He did. He just watched him play. He had everything. He had the speed, the agility, the quickness, the reaction, the awareness. He had it all. That's why he's the best corner ever. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I just wanted to bring that up because uh, as a quick talking point, because that's very bold statement. And uh, yeah, so yeah, well, CJ was good, is. and he did in certain regards. He did look fast, but again, he never was able to hit those gears that other guys that I named it can hit. You know, because right. Tyreek on a nine route, that that's a problem. You know, Bo on, on, on hit the he is the corner, hit the sideline on you, hit that gear is a problem. If Dion is tracking, you know, a punt return. Or he's tracking your wide receiver and he's outrunning him to the ball. That's a problem. Yeah, you know. So yeah. yet again, those are the guys that really stick out for me. And you know what's crazy when, you know, to finish this up. But when CJ dropped off, yeah, he dropped off big time. Like actually, actually, the honest with you, after that two thousand yard season, that was it for him. That was it. That was and it. I think he had an injury, but after that, it was over. like he was not the same player at all you know i've seen people kind of struggle mm-hmm. but after that man but they, chris they johnson that they, they were trying to say it's the 2000 yard curse because every year every time somebody hit 2000 yards their next season was trash they right. always say that and that's what happened with him his next season was trash you know because yep. i think agents and peterson hit it and his next season was trash so yeah i mean jamal uh uh what's the kid from baltimore jamal uh what's his name last name which it's one jamal the running back jamal from Baltimore? Yeah, he was running back. He had 2,000 yards one year. Um, oh, um, oh, shoot. He played. Um, He's running back. Hold on. I got you. I got you. What's his last name? I can't think of it. I, I, I see him in my. Jamal, Jamal Lewis. Lewis. Yep, from Jamal Tennessee. Lewis. Yep, that's it. Yep. Yep. Jamal Lewis. So, yeah, he had a rap for season after this 2,000 yard season. So, yeah. Larry Hughes. Yeah. yeah. Larry, Larry Johnson. Johnson. I'm sorry. Larry, Larry Johnson, Johnson yep, from Larry Johnson. Uh, Kansas City. Right. Right, exactly. So, yeah. So you gotta you gotta watch out for that with seven things. But yeah, I, I'm I'm not going to put Chris Johnson up there with those other guys. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. He had let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. He had six strong years, mm-hmm. and then after that, you know, that was it. And Drop his last a thousand mm-hmm. yard season, he had a thousand seventy seven. But his second year in the league, he had the, uh, you know, the two. To uh, two thousand mm-hmm. um, rushing, but his his carries was 
you know, 250, 350, 316, 262, 276, oh, 279. Wow. Mm -hmm. And this was a lot of carries for a under 200 pound. Right. That was a big back. issue. And that was a big issue because like I said, yep. he, he was undersized back. So yeah, I, I definitely see that. I yeah, definitely see so, that, you know, but yeah, that's, that was just it. I just wanted to bring that up, you know, okay. and if, you know, fastest man, that's, that's a big thing. You know, everybody's speed, speed kills. It does. You know? It does. But, yeah, man. All there right. So uh, let's wrap up with the podcast with our lockdown defense blitz here and a new mm -hmm. segment we call hit or miss. Yep. So what hit or miss is that we're going to pick up a few scenarios and we're going to talk about whether or not we feel like the decision in this particular scenario was a hit or is it a miss? Yep. So starting off, with the hot topic of the day, <laughs> uh, we'll start with the quarterbacks. We're talking quarterbacks. Okay. So, you know, for uh, the first topic is the Washington football team. Mm -hmm. Is it a hit or miss of having Ryan Fitzpatrick at a quarterback? For the full season, I'm going to say it's a miss. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. Now, I will say that they will still probably make the playoffs. Yep. The defense is ferocious, and he cannot make – enough mistakes to to allow them to win enough games to win a division and get to the playoffs. Now, what are they do in the playoffs? I don't know because I don't care how good your defense is. And you saw it last year in the playoffs against Tom Brady. You face mm -hmm. a good team, no matter how good your all your defensive is, if you can't muster up solid offense against a good defense, then you're going to lose. So mm -hmm. whether what they do in the wild card round, who knows? But I really feel like that it is a miss. Holistically, they could have had a better option. They could have took them further. But I don't. I'm just not sure what Ron Rivera's thought process was, and and grabbing him. But mm -hmm. I, I feel like you, like you as well. It is a miss. It's definitely yep. a miss. All right. So we talked about this earlier on the podcast. Andy Dalton starting. Andy Dalton is that a hit or a miss? Hit. Yeah, you convinced me. I was saying it was a miss at the start of the podcast and shit. You didn't tell you my whole damn talk over. You didn't turn my whole podcast uh, notes on top on on his head. Like it's just, you totally. I just threw the shit out the, out the window a few minutes ago. I don't need it. Right. I just, yeah, right, right. I, everything's gone. I don't. I don't even need my my talking points anymore because you totally messed my whole man mind up. You know, so clearly it's it's a hit. Based on your right. logic, it's a hit. I have to say it. I can't even deny it now. I can't even deny it now. So. In the same uh, in the same conference, we're going to talk about San Francisco. Is starting Jimmy G a hit or a miss? Hit. I would have to say hit as well because I don't think Trey Lance is ready. No, I don't think he's, he's ready. Not. He's not ready. I mean, he's one of the, although he's a he athletically and skill wise, arm strength, he's a hell of a talent. I don't think yes. he's, I don't think he's ready for the NFL game just yet. No, no. no. I, and I think he probably needs a whole year. I don't think he needs a, a Justin Fields five weeks scenario. I think he needs a whole year. Right. So I think that's a, I think that's a hit as well. Now number four is uh, the LA Rams is going all in on Matt Stafford a hit or a miss? Considering the other options, it's a hit. I agree. I, th I agree as well. I think there's an upgrade from Jared yeah. Goff. I really do think it's an upgrade, and I think with them bringing Sony Michelle in as well and those receivers and just that the way that their team functions from a schematic standpoint, I think it's a hit. And I really yeah. think they're going to win more games than people think. Yes, I agree with you. I think that's a hit as well. Yep. Okay. So, number five is Pittsburgh. Was it a hit or miss to bring back Ben Roethlisberger? Again, I'm going to go back to the, the Rams situation. Considering the other options, hit. You know what? I'm on the fence. I, and I'm still on the fence because I, I still don't like it. But, again, I mean, if you're looking at Josh Dobbs or Mason Rudolph or, or Dwayne Haskins, who hasn't looked good in the past two weeks. He looked good week one, but the last two weeks he hadn't looked good. Right. So I would have to say, yeah, by 
a slight margin is a hit based upon your options. You know, because you don't you didn't have a whole lot of capital to do anything getting a better quarterback. But and and if you put any of them other ones up there, you know what's going to happen. Yeah, and that old line to being as bad as it is, yeah, you I, know what's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Yeah, I have to agree with it. Yeah, I, I had a whole different uh, pick for this segment, and you didn't turn my whole thing around. Like my answers are different. Like I'm looking at my paper right now. My answers are different now. I did it's completely different. Whew. So the last question of the night is the uh, Denver. And starting Teddy Bridgewater. Is starting Teddy Bridgewater a hit or a miss? Hit. Again, I had miss on this paper. I'm looking at it. But it's it's <laughs> it's a hit based upon your logic. Like you just totally messed my whole segment up. Like you really did. Like I, I have I, I, I had, apologize. I had uh, one, I had one, two, three, I had four misses and that are hits. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Yeah, I apologize. Jesus. I apologize. Uh, wow, wow. Yeah. So I yeah, apologize. it's a it's a hit for the for the for everything you laid out earlier, it was a hit. I have to say, I have to say, right? Yeah, I, you know, right. I'm, I'm never a person that can't admit when he's <laughs> can change his opinion or be wrong. You know, I, I'll be honest. Right. So right. You know, your, your, your logic makes perfect sense. So, you well, know, you. unlike unvaccinated people, I, you know, I, I, I know when I need to do what I need to do. Right. <laughs> you know. Right. So. Right. I see what you did there. Yeah. I see exactly. what you just did. Exactly. I see what you just did. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so there you have it. So there you have it. So yeah, that's our hit or miss segment. So we clearly. You know, agree more than I thought we were going to agree before the podcast started. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, so yeah, I have to give uh, Coach Kurt a lot of credit for carrying the, the the shoulder of the weight, you know, of this podcast with his energy this week. Because I tell you, the boy is hot and hot and ready. He like he like a little season piece of hot and ready, <laughs> hot and ready, hot and ready. Hey, I came in coming yeah. in hot as the as the rapper Sam coming in hot as Drake would say. That's right. So yeah, man. So yeah, I, I appreciate your energy this week, brother. You know, another <laughs> great solid show. You know, you didn't sway yeah. coach defenses. He takes, I think my intelligent takes are highly intelligent. He totally flipped it on his head this week. You know, happen right. often. So we're gonna take we're gonna give credit where credit's due. Appreciate it. Credit where credit's due. So yeah. I'm so here that, for the people. That's I'm it, man. That's it, man. So all our viewers out there, we appreciate your viewership sticking with us this entire uh hour 40 minutes or so of the of the podcast this week. Uh, episode 33 is in the books. As always, we'll be back next Saturday. We'll be getting close, highly close to the uh, start of the NFL season, and we'll be yes. talking about cuts. Because 53 man roster will be solidified come Tuesday. So mm-hmm. we'll definitely have a lot to talk about in that regard and what we think our outlook is going to be for the season. And we'll have our biggest headlines for NFC as well as any other hot and heavy topics that we develop throughout the week. So, in the meantime, between time, if you haven't done it already, like, comment, subscribe to our channels. Follow us on all our social medias. They're all listed down at the bottom, as you can see, if you're looking at this visually. Lockdown Defense Sports on Twitter, excuse me, on Twitch and Instagram. Twitter is Lockdown Defense. Lockdown Defense Sports on uh, podcasts on YouTube, so check that out as well. If you just Google Lockdown Defense Podcast, it'll come up for you. If I had to find us on any platforms, any streaming areas that you get your podcast from. So we appreciate everybody's love and support. We'll keep doing this thing big. Episode 34 will be hot and ready like Coach Kirk <laughs> next week on Saturday at 9 o'clock. Until then, I'm Coach Defense. That's Coach Kirk. So next week, step up and lock it down. <laughs>